back with our same old bullshit again is me, your host. Well, one of them, Nikki Eldridge. And then up here. Here I am. Yep, it's Amanda. She's here. Okay, so we're doing a one-take Sally. One shot. I want to do very little editing on this bitch. So we're going to get her in, we're going to get her done, and we're going to get out of here because I has the no brain cells today. You good? Yep, sounds good, good to with me. That? Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. So here we go, folks. You know the drill. We got to hit you with an AI story and a Mad Lib. So since Amanda went first and read the AI story last time, I will read the AI story this time. And she is going to read out the Mad Lib. So let me be a professional and pull up my story here. And uh, we don't we kick it off. This one was fucking interesting, to say the least. Not much of a prompt this time. I gave it like a sentence. And what we got in return was quite ridiculous. So here we go. So the prompt that I gave the AI was... This is just preposterous, Amanda exclaimed. We would never do that. And this is where the AI kicks in. And then she added with great indignation, because we're not like that. She was so angry that she could not even breathe. And she was about to burst into tears. But then suddenly she stopped. She had been so mad that the words had come out so quickly. The anger had gone. The anger was gone. But she did not know that for it had never left her. It had just been there, (laughs) in her, waiting for her to say them as if it would be enough. That is, when she had it... I can't even read this. That is, when she had not yet said it, her words were still in the air, just waiting to find a place to land. I will never forgive you! I never will! Forgive me for things I have done. Forgive me that you have not forgiven! You will, they told her as she walked away, not waiting until the end of her sentence to take her away you will be free and she said that to the bureaucrater i don't know what the fuck that means the bureaucrater bureaucrater bureaucrat i think they meant bureaucrat i know what a bureaucrat is i think they I meant don't... bureaucrat <laughs> okay <laughs> but going back in you will be free and she said that to the bureaucrat you are free we will free you free the world all of you will go to heaven the end <laughs> fuck any fuck with brilliant that. <laughs> you said with great indignation. And great, it, like I mean, that. it does sound like me. It really I mean, does. I, that, sound I mean, <laughs> great indignation from Amanda. Okay, are you ready for the the Mad Lib? Yes, we got the '90s one again. Um, this one is going to be Rap Feud. Yeah, so, yeah. what I need from you first is a verb. Okay, vibin. Like vibing, but vibin. Take the G off. Adjective. Stylish. Uh, another adjective. Bangin. No G. Mm-hmm. Another okay. adjective. Golden. Stay gold, pretty gold pony boy. <laughs> uh, animal. Tortoise. What? A tortoise. Tortoise. I heard hortus. I'm like, is that like a horse? Like a turtle, but, but a tortoise. Tortoise. Occupation? Janitor. Uh, adjective? Broken. Broken? Yes. Uh, type of food? Spaghetti. Verb? Jump. Chump? Jump. Jump. 
Yeah, jump. like jump. Like jump rope. Uh, noun. Boombox. Because it's 90s. Uh, letter of the alphabet. G. Part of the body, plural. Nuts. <laughs> Not balls. Nuts. <laughs> A place. Parking lot. Uh, adjective. Bulging. Bulging. Those nuts. <laughs> Beastly bulging, man. <laughs> uh, exclamation. The hell you say? Adjective. Frozen. I was frozen today. Okay. <laughs> Part of the body. Head. Okay. Man, I really vibin' when my friends can't get along. I may be from a stylish town in the middle of nowhere, but I've got friends in banging places. I know some of the most golden rappers in the game. Snoop Tortoise. Janitor Latifah. The Broken B.I.G. But my East and West Coast friends have serious spaghetti with each other. I told my boy Jump Daddy that he should rap about peace and boombox. But he laughed. JG has a good head on his nuts. But he can't even be in the same parking lot as Naz. It's also bulging. I want to scream. The hell you say? I guess my frozen friend Tupac was right when he rapped. The only piece we got is the piece of our head. <laughs> <laughs> my frozen friend Tupac. So he's not dead. He's just in a cryo chamber somewhere. Like Walt Disney, you know? Yes, like Walt Disney. He's he's definitely cryogenically frozen. And Snoop Tortoise told us so. <laughs> <laughs> the broken B.I.G. Janitor Latifah. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay, well, that was fun. So, I want to jump right into our topic today. Because it, it I it's, like, important. I think this is an important one to talk about. This is not something I feel like everybody really knows about. I don't even think... Did you did you know what it was before I mentioned it when we recorded the other day? No, even when I googled RSD, it came up with something else. So I had to, like, Google the actual, like, full name of it. Yeah. Um, yeah, like, RSD, when I Google, it says reflex sympathetic dystrophy syndrome. Yes. But yeah. it's actually, what was it, rejection... Rejection-sensitive rejection dysphoria. dysphoria. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and read the WebMD, like, description of this and their information. And then we're going to jump into the fact that you and I both took this test and your thoughts on the test and then my thoughts on the test comparatively, and then we'll move on. So let me just tell the people what the fuck this even is first. So um, ADHD makes it harder to focus, pay attention, and sit still. Most people who have ADHD are also very sensitive to what other people think or say about them. This is sometimes called rejection-sensitive dysphoria, or RSD, which is not a medical diagnosis, but a way of describing certain symptoms associated with ADHD. Dysphoria comes from a Greek word that means hard to bear. People who have RSD don't handle rejection well. They get very upset if they think someone has shunned or criticized them, even if that's not the case. Up to 99% of teens and adults with ADHD are more sensitive than usual to rejection. Nearly one in three says it's the hardest part of living with ADHD. 
People who have the condition sometimes work hard to make everyone like them or admire them, or they might stop trying and stay out of any situation where they might get hurt. This social withdrawal can look like social phobia, which is a serious fear of being embarrassed in public. RSD can affect relationships with family, friends, or a romantic partner. The belief that you're being rejected can turn into a self-fulfilling prophecy. When you act differently towards the person you think has rejected you, they may begin to do so for real. So here are some signs. Being easily embarrassed, get very angry or have an emotional outburst when they feel like someone has hurt or rejected them, set high standards for themselves they often can't meet, have low self-esteem, feel anxious, especially in social settings, have problems with relationships, stay away from social settings and withdraw from other people, feel like a failure because they haven't lived up to other people's expectations, sometimes think about hurting themselves, which is quite serious. And then some other symptoms that are some other things that your RSD could be categorized as or maybe confused with would be bipolar disorder, borderline personality disorder, PTSD, OCD, depression, and social phobia. Um, the biggest difference is that the RSD episodes, they're intense, but they don't last very long. And because it can look like other mental health disorders, it's important to get the right diagnosis if you have ADHD and you have any of these symptoms, please seek out a psychologist, counselor, or other mental health provider for help. So um, one quick little thing. I mean, there are causes and, and different medications that can be helpful for this. I mean, you guys can look into that on your own. But that's kind of the breakdown of what this is. Um, this is all referenced straight from WebMD. So I'll put this link in the show notes. Um, and before we go any farther, of course, I have to hit y'all with our disclaimer. Don't listen to a goddamn thing we say, okay? Even <laughs> if we're reading it straight off of WebMD, please do not take our um, our words as medical advice. Please seek out a proper provider if you feel like you have any of these things. Do not simply diagnose yourself from what we're telling you. Please seek out your own um, information, such and such. We are not doctors. Yeah. We don't know what the hell we're doing. No, so. we don't know what the hell we're doing. We're just ridiculous. And we're just talking about things on a show. So, okay. So there was a test and we'll link that as well. That was on attitudemagazine.com. Um, and we took, I took it and you took it, but because this was something that I like really wanted you to dig into, I want you to go first and tell me like what your thoughts were about the questions, what your score was, what your thoughts are on RSD hit it okay so uh, like we said i hadn't heard of it until nikki brought it up last episode um looking through i just kind of googled rejection um sensitive dysphoria test um and that's where i found it on attitude and that's like add attitude um inside the adhd mind um so <clears throat> so i was reading through it and i was looking at the questions and it's the type of questions it's like do you do this thing so and so and it's like very often often sometimes rarely and never and usually when I take these kind of tests I usually downplay what like I don't really go into hyperbole when I answer these kind of questions um like I usually even if something happens to me like all the time I'll usually put yeah it happens often or if it happens often I'll put yeah it happens sometimes so this one I even told Nikki after I took it, I was like, I feel blatantly called out because I had to put very often in probably most of these. Some of them, there was like a couple that I didn't really, I either put sometimes or rarely. 
because they didn't just apply to me. But like people pleaser, yes, I am such a people pleaser. Um, like I'm afraid to fail. Like so, I don't. I feel like I try to be as ambitious because if I, I'm basically if I try if I try something and I'm not good at it right away, and that makes me upset. So I'm afraid to fail that. I've always been called like overly sensitive my entire life. Um, because I I cry very easily, even though a lot of people think that I'm kind of like a stone cold bitch, and they're sometimes scared of me. <laughs> um, so I took the test, and at the end, I have a screenshot that I sent to Nikki. It's it was a score of sixty. I scored fifty four. Fifty four, and it says the higher the point total, the greater the likelihood that you show signs of rejection sensitive dysphoria. And I was like, well, that's rude. Um. Wasn't expecting that. Um, I guess when you answer very often or often on a test, that that's the kind of thing you'll get. Um, so I'm always, like, like one of them especially, I just kind of scrolled through. It said, do you assume the worst in commonplace interactions, worrying you will be fired every time your boss calls you into her office, for instance? Like, my boss, or my boss's boss, has to specifically tell me, like, if she messages me to, like, come to her office, she knows to tell me you are not in trouble because especially my my heart will be palp palpitating until I get into her office um and I've always even like when I was a kid like even now like anytime there's a movie or something where someone is rejected or abandoned even though I personally haven't been like I still have two very loving parents like I've never like I've great friends but even though I've never been like outwardly abandoned like overtly I just have such a fear of abandonment and rejection like in that probably that sort of thing in movies makes me cry the most and so this this test called me out so very so very much um uh I don't appreciate it but it also makes sense so that's that's really my my sort of <laughs> opinion on it gotcha yeah so do you feel so obviously like the workplace thing you mentioned was like you your boss has to tell you you're not in trouble which I get that um what are what's another one that like jumped straight out at you that you're like oh fuck yeah that's me like is there another mm -hmm. question on there that you're like yeah that's me um let's see the one when we talked about last time how I kind of give like 97 percent of myself to even like my very close friends and then this question pops up do you shy away from close friendship or romantic relationships because you worry that if people know the real you they won't like you and so that really jumped out at me um, i was wondering because that's literally why i figured you had this like other than like the the general like me knowing you as a person like this whole thing where you're like scared that even the people that are closest to you will leave you if they find out who you really are like that deep-seated fear that makes no sense but like you said like you don't you have loving parents no one's ever abandoned like you don't have abandonment issues from your parents like there's not that stuff going on but you still have this like fear and so it just made me think like holy shit I wonder if she has this and then I just feel like this is not something this is something very heavily misdiagnosed 
because it's not necessarily a medical diagnosis, it's like something that gets overlooked. And it is sort of similar, like WebMD was saying, to a lot of those other things. So you think, oh, it's just my anxiety or, oh, it's just, you know, ADHD or, oh, it's probably my depression that makes me think this way. When really it's this whole other separate thing going on. Do you have any other thoughts about this? Like things you can think back on in your life and go, yeah, I see that playing out quite like now that you know what it is. Like, can you look back and see some things that have played out that you're like, oh, yeah, for sure. Well, like I said, the whole work thing, not being able, like thinking I can't give my all to friendships. Um, but even like, like I was, like I was bullied as a kid. I think a lot of people can say that, but like even like people who I thought were my friends bullied me and I just went along with it because if I didn't, then I wouldn't have any friends at all. Right. Like, I remember there was a time I went to a sleepover. I was probably, I want to say 10 or 11. I was fourth or fifth grade. Went to a sleepover with some friends from school. And they gave me what they called sugar pills. That it made them hyper. And they gave me pills. And so, and they were giggling and everything. And they gave it to me. Turns out, it was a laxative. And they gave me a laxative, but I didn't want to take the pill because I didn't know what it was. But they gave me a laxative that they found in, like, their parents' medicine cabinet. And I went along with it because I wanted to, you know, fit in with my friends. And, like, I've had, you know, quote-unquote friends, like, like, crumble dirt on me and everything. And, like, I went to someone's house and they were, like, building a pool and so they had, like, mounds of dirt. And I remember, like, I just remember going up to, like, you know, trying to hang out with them. And they, like, threw dirt, clumps of dirt at me. And I didn't say anything. Because it's like, well, if I say something, then I'm going to have no friends in this neighborhood. So, yeah. So that's pretty much, like, my whole childhood was like, well, if I speak up and defend myself, then I'll have no friends at all. So Was that Rachel? Did that bitch throw dirt at you? Yeah. And Landon. Anyway, that makes me want to punch her in the titty. Just saying. <laughs> like, how dare you be a disrespectful little shit as a child? Well, she was a disrespectful little shit as an adult, so it makes sense. She didn't learn much. Um, hold, holding grudges. I wonder if that's something that has anything to do with being neurodivergent. <laughs> <laughs> Not letting things go. Because that bitch can fuck off, and as far as I'm concerned. But anyway, I digress. Yeah, I didn't I didn't know the the laxative story. I don't think you've ever told me that before. I haven't told anyone. I don't think my my mom knows. Like I just honestly, and it probably I probably didn't think about it until I was older. Yeah. Like I thought I was just having stomach issues, and then I realized they gave me a laxative. They didn't give me a sugar pill. It was a laxative because no one else had issues. So they just pretended to think that it was like a pill that made them happy. Like oh, it's caught. It's happy pills. It's sugar pills. It's awful. What little asshole children? Kids are mm-hmm. fucking mean, man. Mm-hmm. Ugh, I hate that for you. I'm sorry. So what was your, uh, like your score? You said you took the test as well. Okay, so I'm going to preface this by saying, had I taken this probably like two years, three years ago, I probably would have scored much higher. But because I've done so much fucking therapy and so much shit and I've, I've 
gone through a lot of my trauma and processed it, I feel like that sort of affected my score because the way I was answering things was like, I was thinking, well, I used to, or I did more before, but not so much now. So I tried to answer it like as honestly as possible for my current situation. But like I got a 36 out of 60. So not next, not nothing, but not quite scoring for this. Because I think when I looked, it was like 45 to 60 was like, you probably have this. Mm -hmm. So just under the threshold for being considered for it. But like I said, had I taken this years ago, it probably would have been higher than 36. Because all of these things on this, all these questions that jumped out were very much so things that I had, I used to have struggles with. Like, for example, the first one, the intense bouts of rage when your feelings are hurt, like rarely anymore. But when I tell you, like, you would see me scream and yell and, and kick and scream before you would ever see me cry years ago. Like if someone hurt my feeling, well, I mean, you just witnessed it right there. I just called that little girl bitch, but like, (laughs) I, (laughs) do you know what I mean? Like I get mad first and sad second. And so like, rarely does that happen anymore, but I mean, still kind of, yes. You know what I mean? Like still kind of, yes. Um, so I put like rarely just because that is true, but I don't know. That one jumped right out at me. Like that's, that definitely used to be something I fucking struggled with all the time. Like I Mm -hmm. would just, you piss me off. If I'm pissed off, it's more likely because you've hurt my feelings than it is because I'm actually angry. And then are you your own harshest critic? So that one I answered very often too, because I am like, I am harder on myself than anybody else in my entire life. And I expect like the high expectations, you know, I expect more out of myself than I would out of anyone else in my life. And then for like, do you ever experience your emotions as a physical sensation? Like, yeah, all the time, like Mm -hmm. all the time. That was like, I can, I can feel my heart dropping, like, or my stomach hurting if I have um, certain emotions. Yeah. So yeah, it was. And then before you were diagnosed with ADHD, where you told you might have a mood disorder or a borderline character disorder. So I put rarely for that. But honestly, the more I think about that, that would include probably include depression and anxiety for a mood disorder. And yeah. yes, I was diagnosed with depression and anxiety long before I was ever diagnosed with ADHD. So it it makes sense. And then shying away from close friendships or relationships. Um, again, I, I answered rarely to that because I don't anymore, um, but I used to quite often be scared like especially in my marriage like I was scared to 100% trust that person and and be myself because I was worried that if they saw who I really was they would leave right and so like obviously that hasn't happened my husband's a wonderful person and he's he's still around and I am 100% like open and honest and and myself around him now But when we were first together, I was whatever I thought he wanted me to be, right? So that he would stay. And Mm -hmm. same thing with friendships, like we've talked about. You just kind of morph to fit whatever your friend group is 
doing so that you'll keep the friends, even if you don't want to do it. Like you didn't want to take those laxatives. You didn't know what they were. You didn't know what the pill was. You didn't want to take it, but you took it because if you didn't, then it, whatever happened might've been worse than if you just took the fucking pill, you know? And so, but that's kind of the scary part of this. If you want to get into that, like that's kind of scary because who fucking knows what that could have been. And for someone who has this, the thought of, of not engaging in whatever activity that you're being asked to do is more painful. Like the thought of the rejection that would come if you decided not to do something that, that someone wanted you to do is more painful than just going through with whatever that thing is that they're asking you to do, even though you don't want to do it. Like that could have life threatening consequences. Like what if that was like uh, some sort of mental health disorder medication that they thought was a laxative or it was some pill that you had an allergic reaction to like that could have caused major problems for you you know and so I think that's something to think about like how that could be quite dangerous if this is not something that people are aware of I don't know I think this is just this is kind of a this is an interesting topic, but it's more of a shorter topic just because, I mean. It's a niche. It's like a specific symptom. Of- yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, and and again, like we talked about, it, it can look like a lot of other things. But I think this is really interesting because this is a newer, um, it's a newer thing. I don't think it's been, like it said, it's not even in like the, what do they call that fucking thing? DSM. Yeah, that. I don't even think it's in the DSM because it's not technically a medical diagnosis, I don't think. But it is a facet of having ADHD that is now more so looked for than ever before. And it's very helpful because once you understand that you have something like this, it not only helps the person, like we talked about the other day, like labels are important, right? In this community, labels are important. They're life-changing. I was going to say, I was thinking about that earlier, not this morning, but like the other day, I was thinking, we were talking about labels and how you have people that think labels, it's like, well, you focus too much on labels. You're just you. Just don't, you're not a label. It's like, yes, I'm not a label, but labels help me understand who I am as a person. Like, because, yeah, I don't want to just be like, oh, you're the girl with like ADHD or the girl, like, like I said, not formally diagnosed with ADHD or autism. It's just something I highly suspect I have. But it's like, oh, I don't want to. It's like, yeah, you're just focused on like ever since you got that diagnosis or ever since you thought you've had it, you that's all you focus on. Like, that's that, that's your label. But I'm like, yeah, but that also makes me realize, holy shit, I actually have something that like not necessarily wrong with me, but it's like it makes sense. Like right. I have. Like, I have this knowing, like, it's almost like I feel more free about it. Like, it's like, yeah, like, a, like the whole picky eater thing. Like, yeah, I'm a picky eater, but it's like because of this reason, like right. that sort of thing. You, it, it helps you to understand that you're not just like somehow making these choices just to be a difficult person or just to be different or whatever. Like, you're not choosing any of this. It just is your biology, right? Like, it just is who you are. No different than someone who is, you know, in the LGBTQ community, like they didn't choose to love who they love, right? They didn't choose to, to express the way they express. That just is who they are. And the label to them matters. 
right? Mm-hmm. It does. Or the fact that they're removing a label from themselves matters. But in this community specifically, it is so important to have the correct labels. Mm-hmm. If you're diagnosed bipolar and you're being treated for bipolar disorder and it's not working or your meds aren't working or whatever, like you're having problems, maybe it's not bipolar. Like maybe this is something you could bring to your your doctor and say, listen, maybe it's not this. Maybe it's more so like this. Maybe it's this RSD. Maybe I have ADHD. Like you, you can advocate for yourself when you know that these things exist, when you know that these labels exist and keeping a label out of it doesn't help anybody in this community. In my personal opinion, it just doesn't. It's kind of like when you're, if you feel sick, say you feel sick for a long time and it takes you a while to go to the doctor you go to the doctor you find out oh you have like say like stage one cancer whatever it is it's like you don't all of a sudden be like well i'm the person with cancer it's like well now i can do something about it right like it's it's like people don't seem any problem with that but because that's like a physical issue whereas like anytime you get to mental health it's like well like people like with depression people, people with depression others always say well, if you just went outside more, well, just exercise. You'll get the dopamine that you're supposed to have. Like, oh, okay, I didn't realize that's how that's supposed to work. Right, like, holy shit, you just fixed my whole life. Thank you. Thank if you. If all you I had be a to therapist. do was exercise, what do I need medication for? What do I need a doctor for? If exercise fixes my entire If exercise and vitamin D fixes my entire life, thank you. Like, thank yeah. you for that, right? Like, you're so fucking helpful. Except for here's the problem. <laughs> um with your fucking logic it's the fact that my fu- my literal brain the literal mean. that controls the entirety of my body right is dysfunction it's it also is like actively working against me like yes. uh- it is chemi- it is it is biologically chemically different it's imbalanced yep. like than yours it is not structurally anything like yours If you seriously, like if you look, and I didn't even realize it was this serious, it's not just chemically different. If you look at a brain scan of a 100% neurotypical human, never had any issues, never been diagnosed with any mental health problems whatsoever, and you look at their brain and someone who's neurodivergent, whether that be ADHD, especially autism, PTSD, those things physically change the structure of your brain. They don't look the same. Like medically on a scan, you can tell areas of the brain that are affected and which ones are not. And I didn't know that until recently. Like you can physically see it. It's not just down to your chemical makeup. It's the physical fucking structure of your brain and what brain, what, which parts of your brain you have access to and when also like Mm -hmm. our, our sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous systems function differently than someone who does not have a neurodivergent words hard (laughs) a neurodivergent brain right like it's just different it's all different and if we fucking chose this shit if this was as simple as making different choices in our lives nobody would have this problem (laughs) do you know what i mean like there wouldn't be a need for a fucking diagnosis there wouldn't be a need for any of that shit because if if one thing fixed it or two things fixed it, or all you need to do is whatever, then like, then there's no, then there's no disease. There's no disability. There's no, you know, do you get what I'm saying? 
Like, that's just stupid. That's just so stupid. Like, well, if you, there's so many people now like, well, well, you know, we didn't have that shit when I was growing up. You just got your ass beat and did what you're fucking told. Yeah. Well, how did that work out for you, bud? Like, how did that work out for you? And newsflash, by the way, if I have it, you probably do too. One of my parents do because this shit is genetic, right? Mm -hmm. It's genetic. I'm not, I don't know. Like my mom might have something, but I'm my dad. We've had this conversation a million times. Like he is one fucking hundred percent on the spectrum or ADHD or fucking both. That's where I got it from, right? Like (laughs) that's where I got it from. We now, I mean, you know, the story with my dad and I haven't told the story much on the show, but like we didn't have much of a relationship when I was younger. So this shit is not nurture. It's not. Like, you know, you have like the nature nurture shit, mm-hmm. right? With your parents. This is nature, 100% fucking nature. The more time I spend with this man as an adult, the more I realize just how fucking much we are like. Like, we are so fucking similar as humans, so similar. And that can't be nurture because the man didn't live anywhere near me. So, like, he, he didn't nurture that shit into me. We didn't share a lot of interest. I didn't know much about him until I became an adult and we started actively working on our relationship. But the more time I spend with him, I'm a fucking same human as him. So like, obviously I got it from him, right? (laughs) (laughs) If you look down, like once you're diagnosed with this shit, if you look back, you can see, like if you look back and look at your parents or you look at your siblings or whatever, you can be like, yeah, that's probably where it came from, right? (laughs) Like it is genetic. Newsflash, it's genetic. So an ass whooping isn't going to fix it. Sunshine isn't going to fix it. Vitamin D isn't going to fix it. Like, just stop pretending like we can just fix this shit easily. This shit is hard work. It's hard to have a mean brain. It just is. Mm -hmm. It's fucking hard. And we're doing the best we goddamn can. And if a label helps us to get whatever help or resources or understanding we need to move through this world, then fucking back off and let us have our label, you know? Right. It doesn't hurt you for us to have our own label. Right. Exactly. And believe me, if I didn't have the label to to lead with sometimes, I would not receive some help I desperately needed. Like when I or or the understanding that I needed, like especially when starting work, it was very helpful for me to be able to express to my boss that like, hey, I'm autistic and I have ADHD. These are some things that work for me. These are some things that don't. Sometimes if I get like this, this is why, like I'm able to communicate to this person what to expect from me. Therefore, when this shit happens, they're not surprised or they're not thinking that I'm just being lazy or you know what I mean? Like they're not going to attribute it to something else. They'll understand this is because she already fucking told me she is autistic and she is has ADHD and whatever. So that's fucking important. It's also important when you need to get, maybe you need cognitive behavioral therapy for you or you need medication for your ADHD. Guess what? They don't just hand out fucking, you know, Ritalin and Vyvanse just to anybody. Like you have to have a fucking reason to have those things. And guess what you can't do? You can't get those without the label, Right. So right. it's like handicap, it's like handicap plaques. Like you can't just, they don't just hand those out exactly. for no reason. Exactly. So it's important. And I mean, we could keep, we could keep on with that, but you get it. It's important. Yes. So I think the biggest takeaway that I want everyone to, to go home with is 
please be open to exploring these things. Maybe this shit doesn't apply to you and that's fine. You know, it it doesn't apply. Like to me, you took the test. You were like, basically 60 points. I get it, right? Like I get it called out. I took it. It was 36. Okay, so I don't struggle with that as much. But at least now I know, right? And it's also like, even if it doesn't apply to you, there's most likely someone in your life that this does apply to. So this helps you be more open to how they're feeling and how they act. Like they're not like this person who is being, you know, in your eyes, overly emotional, overly sensitive. There's probably a good reason for that. Right. Like they're not doing it. Most people aren't doing it to be difficult. Like they are doing it just to be the problem child, basically. Right. So just take a look. Um, sorry, you guys probably heard my phone. I had do not disturb on, but it turned my laptop turns it off for some reason. <laughs> I don't know why. But like anyway, sorry. Just um, if this isn't you, somebody in your life you might run across that has this, take the five minutes to like go read the WebMD article and just get a, a minimum understanding of what this is and how it presents. And if everyone just took a few minutes to learn a little something, even the smallest amount of information about the neurodivergent community, it would be so helpful. Like there would be such a ripple effect. The understanding that comes from just, just taking five minutes to to learn about something that has nothing to do with you to possibly help somebody else in the future. You know what I mean? It, it's, it doesn't cost you anything but your time. Five minutes, you know? So just look into it. Check it out. If this does sound like you, definitely go take this assessment. Um, that assessment is not meant to diagnose. They say that in the um, in the end there. But please reach out to your either your psychologist, psychiatrist, whoever you trust with this information. Um, get their input on it and just see what happens for you. Because again, like we said a bazillion and a half times, the labels in this community matter. So um, that's all I have. What about you? Yeah, I think that's a pretty good place to end it. All right. Well, thank you again for for doing this. This was a nice little short and sweet one. Um, as always, all the podcasty things will be in the show notes. And the information on um, RSD will be in the show notes for this one. Um, I did remember to put the shit in for last episode. So this shouldn't be very difficult for me to put this one in this time. <laughs> um, so again, I we will see you all next time. Um, maybe soon we can record together when you're here this weekend. Yes, that's yeah, uh, that's. So we'll, I figured we would do that at least. Do at least one recording together while heck I'm there. Yeah. So yeah, Aminder. Next time you hear from us, Aminder will be in the flesh, in person <laughs> at my house. She's coming to do a little hangout. We haven't seen each other in in too long, so it'll be fun. Um. All right. I review again. All the people podcasty shit is in the show notes, and we will catch you next time. Okay, love you. Tomorrow.